Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Impact Podcast. Please follow the show's Instagram at the Impact Pod and check out my website, theimpactpod.com, for information about me, episodes, and any merchandise. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Today, we will be hearing from two of my older sisters, Awa and Mariama. I brought them on the podcast because they not only have a host of career and school experience, but even more importantly, a lot of life experience that has always grounded and inspired me as I continue to learn and grow. My name is Ella Joe. I currently work at Microsoft as an HR program or HR business program manager, rather. And I am based out of our Paris um, Paris office. And so um, in terms of education, I you know, went to public school throughout New York City and then went to Bowdoin College for my bachelor's and did Africana studies and French. So very liberal arts path. And then decided to work in education for about two years. So I worked at the Faith School, which is a private school located in Southboro, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. where I helped to build out their diversity and inclusion program, as well as serving as a wellness instructor, coaching, and um, working in the admissions office. And decided I wanted to move back to New York and um, be a bit more focused. And that's when I started looking at master's programs. So then um, ended up at teachers college at columbia university where i got my master's in education policy and social analysis and so um while working on the master's i was working pretty much almost full-time with barnard college i worked with the department of education um i worked with a bunch of different after-school programs throughout new york as well really thinking about resource reallocation talking about um how do we make sure teachers and students are developing the skills that they need to really be successful and then also really focused on on equity and how do we make sure that the education system is equitable. Hi, my name is Mariama. Um, So I'm currently in my second and final year of my master's program at Columbia. Um, So I'm currently at the Columbia University Melman School of Public Health getting my master of public health. And my concentration is in population and family health with a certificate in global health. Um, and so I basically chose that because I'm interested in international development within sub-Saharan Africa, but I'm trying to approach it through um, a more technical skill set. So the MPH was a good fit for me. Um, and before that, I went to Dartmouth College for undergrad, where I majored in geography with Arabic. Um, so that was also because I'm really interested in like the way that the world works and also languages is also something that I've always been really intrigued by. Um, and in between my um, undergrad experience and currently being at Columbia, I worked at a nonprofit called MF Health Africa for about three years. Um, so with that, um, our headquarters are in Nairobi, Kenya, but we do have an office in New York. And what I mostly did was centered around things like grant writing um, and fundraising. So we did a lot of like getting the money in and helping to fund the programs. And then within the continent, that's where the programs were actually implemented. Um, So yeah, overall, I'm interested in health. I'm interested in helping Black people. Um, I'm interested in decolonizing public health because it's very, very, very white when it comes to how things are run. But then when the programs themselves, they affect a lot of um, communities of color. And you can see a lot of disconnects when programs are being implemented. And it's something that's, um, I guess, has fueled my interest in being within the public health field as a Black woman. Um, So it's really great when I meet other people who are like-minded in that. 
Um, so yeah, that's my a little bit of a background on me. Yeah, thanks both of you. That's awesome. Um, and obviously, because you've had so many experiences, I'm curious to know what were some of the challenges you faced um, throughout your journey, and how did you overcome them? That's a great question. Um, I think it, it depends. So there are always challenges depending on where you're at in your education or where you're at in your career. When it comes to the education piece, I know one of the challenges for me. Um, which I faced both at Bowdoin and then um, when I was at Columbia was just really switching or getting into this in a, into a very different mindset where I felt more confident and felt like I can um, really use my voice. And so it did take some time to really build um, upon that skill to make sure that I could then use it to in the spaces that I'm in now. And the reason why I say that's a challenge is because I think a lot of, um, especially Black women, we tend to end up being the only ones in a lot of the spaces that we do enter, um, especially as you get further in your education and you, you know, build up your your credentials and, and what have you. And so it's learning to find your voice, learning to use it, learning to be persuasive, um, but also staying genuine and authentic to who you are. And so while it is challenging at first it does get easier um as you get more comfortable with yourself and as you get more comfortable in the spaces that you're in and so that that would probably be one of the the ones that i would say yeah i would say for me it would be imposter syndrome um just because like i went to like school in harlem all my life and then when i got to dartmouth it was a really big um cultural shock and i had i mean great i'm grateful that i had like um I guess like a support system and I had um, there were systems in place for like people who like it was like a new environment like first generation people or people or black students for example um, but it's still like even even in my master's program I still to this day like sometimes you you do have it sneak up on you and, and the thing is like it's not just you like it's you talk to other people and they say yeah like I feel that way too um, so just having institutions that actually are supporting you so that you don't feel like that. Um, I realized that even though I took a long gap between undergrad and graduate school, it's still the same issues that a lot of schools are facing. Um, so yeah, just finding a way to, I guess, know that you belong wherever you are, um, no matter what school it is, and that you actually do contribute to your environment. That's perfect. And then you can start off with this question, Mariama. But, um, and this can be almost anyone, but who empowered you to get you where you are now? That's a hard question, but um, I think I would say um, my high school teachers, um, I went to, my school was like a public all-girls school in Harlem. So it was just, it was a weird blend of things because like there's not really any public schools that are all girls just to begin with. And also in Harlem, like it was just an interesting combination of things. Um, but I had a lot of teachers who really like invested in me. Um, and I think that really helped me to see that I was capable of succeeding in my life. And it's followed me like even up till now. So just having people who see that in you at an early age is really important. Um, so that's why I do like doing things where I can do the same thing for other young students. So I do like, I try to volunteer for like mentorship opportunities for young students who are like Muslim and black and in New York City as well, because you see how much of an effect it has on you as you get older. Um, so yeah, I think just like having interventions when someone is in their adolescent phase is so important, and especially when it comes to motivating you and feeling empowered the way and as you like move throughout life. 
No, that's good. Um, I wish I had that in high school. So <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think I had the, the, that kind of support system in high school um, where I did have teachers who pushed. I think if anything, I had the opposite. Um, and so for me, in terms of like those who empowered me, I think they actually came in college, um, starting with like the staff um, in particular. Um, he unfortunately passed away, but his name is Will Smith. He was our dean of um of, of like multicultural affairs in a sense while I was at Bowdoin and he was also a Bowdoin alum, black man. Um, and he came to Bowdoin in a very untraditional way. So he was in um, the army, um, I believe army or military, but he did serve for the country um, and ended up at Bowdoin years later. So he was a bit older when he went to Bowdoin and then eventually he got his law degree and then came back and became a dean at, at Bowdoin. But he empowered, I think, a lot of Black students at Bowdoin to just be who they were and to want to do more and to do better and to just push forward no matter what, even if we were the only ones in all of the spaces that we entered within that college. And so I would have to say he's probably one of the most empowered, like one of the people who empowered me the most. And I do think of him often because he just reminded us and at least the black students, he continued to remind us of our, of our worth and of our power. And I think that is something that we don't get told and reminded of um, as often as we should, especially when we are younger. For any young listeners that are going into their professional career, grad school, or just searching, what advice would you give them that has helped you? Um, I think for me, it would be um, to not limit yourself. Um, I think sometimes like we, we might think that we're not qualified for something, or we might think that we shouldn't like get maybe this other skill but honestly like whatever you think that you would be good at just try it out and like see because you never know like how far it'll go um I think that's helped me a lot especially when it comes to um like for me like I'm about to start job searching again um so now I know like just because something says for example you have to have like okay maybe like five years experience like maybe I could <laughs> I, just, I don't have five years maybe I'll have like three for example I could still apply because I have other things that I could offer so just remembering that you do have things to offer and you, you just just don't limit yourself and whatever you want to do even when it comes to like to taking a break from going back to school like don't don't put pressure on yourself to to go immediately into it so give yourself that space to like explore and to do things to really figure out what it is exactly that you wanted so for instance like I, when i graduated from college i thought that i would go in and get my master's of development of development practice i think it's called um, but then I, after like working for a few years and talking to people, I realized that the MPH was a better fit for me. So just giving myself space to breathe and to like, explore different options was really useful. So I think that's something that can carry on. Like, cause you know how there's like this hustle culture that Instagram is really promoting these days. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, it's, it's for some people it's good for them, but for others, I, I just feel like it puts like this unnecessary pressure. Like, oh, I need to own a business. Oh, I need to like mm -hmm. have this other source of income. Like, obviously, yes, those things are good, but like, I feel like now it's becoming like, oh, everyone has it. I have to do it too. Mm -hmm. So just figuring out like, is this actually for me? Like, am I doing it like to be happy? And because it'll actually give me like money that I, I don't know, money from an income source that I'm actually pleased with in a way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I mean when it, like, it can fit into different parts of your life. Potential isn't always going to be about you hustling and going hard and not sleeping and like 
practically like killing yourself and your health along the way, like potential could be around, am I being courageous? Am I being kind um, both to myself and to others? Am I showing compassion, right? So I think we do as like people and as a culture, like there needs to be a huge cultural shift in terms of how we think about our potential, how we think about, you know, taking time to really explore and not feeling the pressure. Um, Like you can apply the pressure. Like I love this idea of applying the pressure in different places, but applying that pressure doesn't always need to be detrimental to your well-being. Like there are ways to do it that are actually good for your well-being. And so how do you take time to slow down um, and think about these things instead of feeling like you need to rush and be rushing all the time? I'm going to transition now. Um, This is more about your brand and company, Awa. But I was just curious to know, what is Nekawa? Um, How did it start and what are you hoping to accomplish long-term? Yeah, so it started um, actually as a class project in business school. So um, I had pitched it to three other classmates for us to do for uh, a class project. Like it was a semester-long project and they decided to go with my idea um, and so we actually spent that semester really going through the, you know, financial modeling, really thinking about marketing. Is this viable? Does it make sense? Um, and then we give our final presentation, which was given to our professor. And um, he had brought in a couple of other professors who served as judges. And at the end, they came up to me and just said, you know, this actually is a good idea. You should really see if there's something you can do with it, move it forward. And because I had taken enough I had, I was almost done with um, all of my credits. I had more free time my last semester of business school. And so that's when I started working more closely with Chelsea, who was my co-founder um, on this and really building it out. And so in terms of um, what it is, I guess I didn't say what it is. So it's um, a skincare beauty company, Nakawa. Um, and so what we're ultimately trying to do, we're not necessarily trying to rush to grow it into something that it may or may not be. In the meantime, I do see it as a nice um, outlet to try something different and to experiment experiment with something um, outside of my day job, quote unquote, like day job, um, that could still be potentially impactful to myself, to Chelsea, um, and to people who try and potentially like our product. Um, and so in terms of long term, like we would love to eventually get to the point where we have investors and where we can really go through a big rebrand in terms of really, you know, upping our packaging and then um, eventually landing at, you know, whether it's a Sephora or Ulta. Um, but these stores where you do see that they only have a small percentage of um, black owned um, skincare companies actually in their on their shelves and so i know i think sephora is like three to five percent of their actual products are black owned um businesses are from black owned businesses and so it would be awesome to eventually get into um, one of those doors but in the meantime we're just continuing to like have fun with it um it's like a you know it's a side gig so we're trying not to stress ourselves too much about it because um, we want to enjoy it, enjoy the process. Um, but yeah, it's we'll see where it goes. We're not, <laughs> you know, um, we take it one day at a time, one year at a time. But if doors open, we will enter. 
Um, and then to close off, I just wanted to know if you had, and this is from both of you and Miami, you can start off, but any final thoughts slash messages and it can be something you realized recently or something you live by every day that you want listeners to know. I guess number one, like don't be afraid to to talk to people about what you're going through or to reach out for help because you don't know who's going through something similar or like you don't know who has like the connections to the resources you need to like help you out. Um, so yeah, don't hold everything in, like find, even if it's just one person, but like find someone who you can connect with on a deeper level because you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm okay. Like, you know, we're in a pandemic, like not everybody's okay. So it's just good to, you know, make sure you, you have that in your life so that you're processing life properly. And so you know that you're, whatever it is, your career, um, friendships, whatever it may be. So you know that you're in a good place and that you're happy with where your life is. Um, I would say that and then also don't be afraid to invest in yourself in the same way that you would tell your friends to invest in themselves. You have to also talk to yourself in the same way. So just talk to yourself kindly. Yeah, those are my messages. Those are good. Um, mine would, I would echo those and um, the not stress too much about the future, even though sometimes it can be stressful and just really taking time to enjoy the moment, enjoy the time that I'm in and to be more present. And so I've, I've been trying to just be more mindful of how present I am in my conversations with friends, with family, um, when I'm eating, when I'm working out and just focusing on one thing at a time rather than trying to do 10,000 things at one time, which I think most of us are trained to do at, at this moment, but don't do very successfully because that's not how our, our brain operates and works. And so really just taking that time to slow down. And then to the, the last one that Mayama mentioned of being kind to yourself, I think alongside that is giving yourself grace um, and understanding that, you know, some, sometimes you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fall down, things aren't always going to be perfect. Um, but along the way, you do have to give yourself grace and understand that this is life. Like that's just, this is, this is a part of what life looks like and what it does to you um and ultimately you know it's always going to be about how you respond and how you take those um experiences and and learn from them and grow from them regardless of how painful they may be um or may feel at that moment and so really giving yourself grace along the way Thank you again for listening, and a big thank you to James Van Korf for mixing and mastering this episode. You can find his info on my website on the contact page. If you haven't already, please leave a five-star review if you're loving the podcast so far. And remember, leave an impact wherever you go, no matter the scale, as long as you are making yourself and those around you better every day. Until next week.